0: This is Live to Lead Radio, episode number eight, turning life liabilities into life assets. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. Inspiring leaders want to break the excellence barrier by reaching greater heights. They are ready to unlock higher performance by expanding their horizons, to capture sustained, desirable outcomes for both business and life application. But there's a problem, many leaders today are tapped out, immobilized, and feel completely unfulfilled. Why? Because of unnecessary distraction and lack of the right support leaving them completely off course. live to lead offers up the opportunity to gain insight, shift perspectives, and get inspired by listening to stories from everyday leaders just like you. I'm calling each and every one of you out right now to own your bold responsibility to lead powerfully today, tomorrow, and into the future. Are you with me? Good. Let's begin. to introduce today's guest, Joel Elston. He is a life, health, and recovery coach. I had the honor and privilege to speak to Joel about a month and a half ago, and we had an engaging conversation, and I was absolutely intrigued and captivated by his story. Many of us go through some tough times in life, and there are a lot of us that stay stuck. What impressed me so much about Joel was not only did he take what seemed to be a, a very difficult situation that didn't really seem possible to turn around into something magnificent. One of my favorite things that Joel talks about is how what is a liability in our life can absolutely be turned around into an asset by simply changing your focus, your mindset, right? Your thought-based process and knowing that by putting on self-imposed limitations is really where we get blocked and stuck. I was so impressed with Joel. His message, his pursuit, his daily focus. This man is on the move and I encourage you to get his book called The Bench. He will talk about that a little bit in the show and he'll also direct you to get it and to follow him on all the social media platforms and to check him out on Joel elston.com i will tell you he does come with a ton of background he's certified in many things And one of them happens to be a health coach as well, and a success coach and an addictions coach. But beyond all of his certifications, experiences, and education, Joel has really paved the way for movement and taking our lives and getting out of the victim mentality, no matter what we are facing. Without further ado, I am more than honored to introduce Joel Elston. Let's have a conversation with him. Good morning, Joel, how are you today?
1: I am fantastic, how are you today?
0: Oh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm excited about our show today because I know we spoke back in what I believe to be May, And I was so intrigued about your story and just your professional journey. So I really want to extend my sincere gratitude to you for being on the show today.
1: We actually met via Facebook, I believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a very similar belief system. And when you mentioned you were doing a podcast, I was very excited. My life journey has sort of led us sort of the same path that you've been on, different background, but the same arrival. And so the, the concept of what you're doing is exciting to me, and I'm really, really honored to be able to participate with what your your project is here.
0: Well, good, good deal. This journey that we are on professionally and in life, right, is it's quite a journey, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> really, really is. <laughs> But I just believe when you have that tug and that pull to make a difference, you you have to run with it, you know.
1: Well, and that that's the the awakening of the the journey. I came to a point where I had a lot of struggle, and a lot of my struggle was self induced, and and I felt I was cursed, and and really, uh, once I was able to adjust my perspective of where I've been, I, I realized that I had survived despite everything that happened. I was still going. My change of perspective changed the whole journey. It became sort of a challenge. I understood I was exceptionally resilient. I had survived. I had a a uh, unique—and I I never like to complain about childhood. I I think everybody has their own thing going on there. I had uh, points of my childhood that had a lot of addiction that I grew up in, a lot of uh, dysfunction, and— not an excuse for behavior, but I I see how I could get off course with that beginning. But I ended up turning it around and making what some would perceive as a liability into an asset. Uh, I've used my background in my work daily. I inspire other people. I I really love the job I do now. I do life coaching and I do consulting for, for businesses. I've been CEO of companies and I really have just stumbled across what I feel is sort of a secret to everything. I just... Phil, like everything led to this point, and when you look at life that way, it's either going to defeat you, it's either going to make you, one of the two, and and I think we all have that choice, and when you unravel it and you decide to allow your experiences to make you, that's when life becomes almost... It's such an enjoyable life to live, and I'm enthusiastic about it, and all this has sort of come from an opposite side. I went through a horrible depression in my life, and again, I'm grateful for all my struggles because they made me the man I am today.
0: Mm, I love it. That's so beautiful. Why do you think so many people stay stuck in the mentality of victim or liability rather than looking at it in a beautiful way that you did? It really can be turned into an asset.
1: It really can. And before I say anything about that, everybody's situation is different. So Mm -hmm. I'm not in a position of judgment over anyone. Uh, I am just saying from my personal journey, I, I think as a society, and it's gotten worse over the last several years, in my opinion, we have made ourselves victims. We're a victim society. It's always about placing blame. Anything but us is the problem. And you know, one of the concepts that sort of changed things for me is regardless of where we're at, today is a new day. This is a gift of another day, whether I'm in business, whether it's my personal life and my business and personal life are so entwined that I just sort of view it on one continuum. I'm sure you've heard the term learned victimhood where yes. someone is, you, you you actually debilitate people. I was at a social security office, as many of your audience may know, that knows through Facebook. Uh, I have adopted a son. His name's Justin. He's 12 years old and just an incredible young man. And I had to go to the Social Security office to change his name officially after the adoption. And so as I was sitting in the Social Security office, and again, not in a position of judgment, but as I observe people's behavior, I'm hearing the conversations of everyone of how they're going to meet with the, the person at Social Security to maximize their benefit of disability. They're trying to make their disability more valuable. Instead of six hundred, they're hoping to get seven hundred dollars a month. Mm. And and the perspective was such that of disability. And, and again, I'm not critical of people that are right. into disability, but that mindset of I'm a victim of the system and I need to be taken care of. That is the most debilitating mindset there is. I know people that are incredibly successful that came from horrible backgrounds that are far more disabled than, you know, than many of the people sitting in the room. But it's almost a benefit. There's a, a sign in the national parks that said, please don't feed the bears because they become dependent on that food. Well, it, you debilitate the bear by not letting them do their own hunting. And as humans, I think we've become a society that wants to say, well, none of this is your fault. Well, and some of it may not be, but at the end of the day, what has happened to me is really irrelevant to this point when I decide that I'm taking action today. I'm in charge. I can't help what happened, but I'm in charge of how I recover from what happened. And that, that flips that whole concept. I've seen, again, miracles in people that have no – concept that they're just raised in victimhood and they change and they become so empowered. They're some of the most successful people I've ever met in my life. And I I value resilience as the, the utmost human trait.
0: Oh, I love that. That's so true. What a beautiful perspective, honestly. So as the author of The Bench several years ago, you felt like your life was over, that you had lost everything and really had considered some some tough decisions at that point. And so you were sitting on the bench, and that's the name of your book. Can you take me there and just tell me why you named your book The Bench and how it, you just gave birth to this book?
1: I had to develop a severe addiction to gambling. Uh, it had taken everything. It, it had cost me uh, my job with my father uh, in his insurance agency. I had... I, had gotten out of control with my gambling. I lost pretty much all my friends, the place to live. I was homeless. And uh, the, after I'd left my dad's company, I went to work for another company and uh, my gambling got out of control again. And I found myself facing criminal charges and I, I was unable to just deal with my gambling problem. So I, I ended up, of all places, Anna Maria Island is a place that when I was a child, we went to a lot. I, I didn't really have much going on in my life. And I ended up in a halfway house that just happened to be on Anna Maria Island, which to me just seemed amazing that, you know, maybe that was a sign. Mm -hmm. And right down the road from the house that we lived at is this little bench. Uh, And I was sitting on this bench right by the Gulf of Mexico, and I was having to decide And it was this blunt, and it's not a really comfortable topic. I knew I couldn't live the way I was living. I had a couple of choices that it really boiled down. In a sense, there was just two choices. I could actually fight this and figure out a way to recover from it. I had overwhelming odds against me. I had a quarter of a million dollar in credit card debt. I had a felony criminal charge that was pending. My family was basically and rightfully done with me. Uh, My friends were were over me, and I, I just didn't have any resources and really no place to live except this halfway house. And so I had that decision, and, and I sat on that bitch for a long time, And I said, I'm either going to end my life or I'm going to live my life. But there will no longer be this in-between. And I understood that the concept that I was looking at of rebuilding a life of very limited employment opportunities as a convicted felon, my credit was shot, and I'm not a handy person by any means. So the idea that I wouldn't be able to do anything in a profession that I was required to be licensed or have a background check, or at least that's what I thought, so I, I knew it was going to be a tough road, but I made that decision the day sitting on the bench that I would I would make that happen. And over the course of the next several years, uh, I lived at that halfway house for a long time. And while I didn't realize it at the time, I would daily go to that bench and I would sit on the bench and I would meditate and I would pray. And I would. Uh, it was a slow process in the beginning, but I just was determined not to give up. And I was not going to gamble and I was going to make the character changes that were necessary. I worked hard, and and I worked three jobs, and I paid back my restitution, and I paid back all my creditors, and I I just worked incredibly hard to build everything back. I reunited with my family. Uh, They always were supportive, but they, they really couldn't help me anymore until I decided to help myself. And so I started to realize as I was going that not only is it possible that this was making me stronger. I somehow always viewed I was gonna have a weakened version of a life or a lessened life because of what I've been through. But somewhere in this journey, I had made the decision or made the discovery this journey is actually strengthening me. I I was becoming more resilient and and more focused and and starting to believe in myself more. So I kept having things happen that seemed to be unlikely and, uh, in in a positive way, as much as there was a negative spiral in my life, there was such a positive change. You know, everybody says, you know, well, you ended up being really lucky. And I go, yeah, luck was described as really was a lot of hard work. I was, I was working very hard and became lucky. They were synonymous. Right, Right. Right. So, uh, so all of this, Kristen, was such an exciting time. And I'm not trying to paint it as totally rosy. There was ups and downs. And and I had to independently of, a, and I believe this happens independently of a, a gambling addiction, I had a horrible addiction to depression in a sense. I had been depressed so long that I my mindset was conditioned. I anticipated the worst, pretty much like we were discussing a moment ago. I had... Fall into the role of self-pity and victimhood. It, it was hard to pull yourself out of that, but I started realizing, wait a minute, I can do this, and uh, that really began the journey. That what I describe as nothing short of a miracle as we continued. So that was the beginnings of it all.
0: Wow. And so many people have difficult journeys of their own, right? You know, Absolutely. they right. And, and so with that, a lot of people, when they're on that journey, they don't realize how important it is to change your thought system. Would you agree?
1: Well, that's everything. There's a book by Dr. Daniel Amen. It's called Change Your Brain, Change Your Life. And in changing your brain, the thought process begins to change. And there's a there's a chemical reaction, there's a there's a term called neuroplasticity. The brain has the ability to adapt and change. And you you do that through a, a self-programming method of rethinking things. When your thought base is negative and you you are anticipating the negative, you unintentionally attract the negative. And, and I'm speaking from my personal experience. That's what I've found. When I change my perspective to positive. It felt so uncomfortable. I was so conditioned to anticipate the negative happening. I conditioned myself to see that. And all of a sudden, I woke up in this very disturbing mindset that I was this victim. Well, I fought out of that. I realized I'm not a victim. I am in charge. I and I alone am in charge of my recovery. God has given me some wonderful tools and support. But at the end of the day, He gave me the tools and support, but I had to do the the labor attached to it. And in my mind, I would meditate every day on that bench, and I would change the way my thought brain worked. I started thinking positive. When a negative thought would pop in my mind or something didn't go the way I want, I would have that immediate, I use the term awfulizing. I had the ability to take everything to the most awful conclusion. You know, well, my payment didn't make it to the car. It's going to be repossessed. My life's over. I'm going to lose my job. You know, I, I would take every scenario to the worst case end versus none of this is a big deal. I have overcome everything that I've faced. I'm gonna overcome this that script began to flip for me and then that became the script of my life it wasn't faking it anymore my brain and my thought patterns changed and i now live with a very positive mindset i don't live in a state of fear and anxiety i have created a world that i i am so excited to live in and it's the same brain that i was having before but i changed it by my way of thinking those thoughts their inner dialogue that takes place. When I do consulting with large firms, a lot of times I'm doing what I call culture consulting. There's often negative cultures in large corporations, a lot of gossip, a lot of of different things that, you know, they're good jobs, except that's happening. So when you start changing the culture by changing the inner dialogue, and instead of thinking of everything and filtering the every, everything through a negative lens, you filter it through a positive lens and the results become more positive and your brain adapts and responds to that.
0: Just mm, so true and so many organizations really need to hear that message, wouldn't you agree?
1: Absolutely. I I have a firm that I work with in Wall Street and I go up twice a year. And then these people are very highly compensated Wall Street. There's nobody making less than a million half dollars in the a year in the the firm. So it isn't a money thing. Satisfaction in the workplace is so low. There's so much backstabbing. And once we got everybody on board and they really bought into the concept that a few people had to leave, but when they understood the collaborative effort and changing that inner dialogue, more of a teamwork kind of mentality, you know, the overall production of the office has increased like 35% since we started doing this and the satisfaction rate, which uh, they have this this formula they use and it's very complicated, but it was at 20% when we started. It's at 68% now. Wow. That's such a drastic difference and the productivity, the family life is happier. Everybody's happier because of, and all that really changed was their thought process. It's just what you're talking about. It is amazing. There's a gentleman named Sean Acor that speaks a lot about positive psychology and the happiness advantage. Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. All of these, that's an ancient book that everybody that I know is successful has read at some point. And these concepts are all consistent with you start by changing your thoughts. That's the main ingredient to success at the beginning of success in my mind.
0: Oh, I love that. You know, and, and my 18-year journey in corporate America, you know, one of the go-to statements was always numbers don't lie. And I right. used to turn around and say, and neither does culture.
1: Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Because, You're completely right.
0: <laughs> because the numbers will, you know, improve when the culture's right too. You know, there's a lot of studies that show that. You're absolutely right. So some of your words, Joel, you say... We must first change our attitude about what we want and how to bring it about. We can't attract what we deep down don't believe. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Uh, I'll give an example. I love analogies, so I apologize, but I I use case examples a lot. I have a gentleman that came to me. He worked for our local uh, Comcast. He was a manager for Comcast here in the Richmond area, and. He came to me for life coaching, and he said, I don't know why I'm making basically the minimum. There's nine managers in the office, and I'm making $65,000 a year. The head guy's making $130,000. He said, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And so I said, well, I said, you know, do you believe you can make $130,000? And he's like, yeah. And then he hemmed and hawed. I said, well, first of all, you can't if you don't believe it. It's it's too big of a jump. Not because it's not possible, it's because he really couldn't comprehend going from 65 to 130. Can you believe that with a little more work, you could be at 75? And he said, yes, I know that can happen. So we sat down and we didn't really change much in his day. We added two or three appointments. There was some downtime where he'd, he had the ability as a manager to go out and sell directly as well. So he would add two or three appointments and really wouldn't affect his day. But more than anything, we started looking, instead of dreading the rejection of the sale, we worked hard on understanding that each rejection is just making that much closer to the next sale. And he, he really worked hard on his attitude. Well, within three months, he said, I'm on pace to make about 80 this year. And so we kept working. And he started, he said, maybe I can even make it to 100 by the end of the year. He got more excited. His attitude changed. His closure rate on on visits increased dramatically. The head guy of the whole thing went to him and said, what are you doing? And he told him, I just changed my attitude and thought. He ended up that same year. Uh, that we started, this is a couple of years ago, we started about in June when the process happened, but he closed out the year making $105,000. Mm, uh,
0: wow. Following
1: year, he, he led the entire company and made $156,000. Ah, uh, good and for him. And all that changed was his perspective. And so you, 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 in that inner dialogue, and that's the piece, when you buy into that, no matter whether you're the CEO of a company or whether you're the janitor of a company, when you can buy into the concepts that you're talking about of the success mindset it sort of goes against again that anticipation of the negative that whatever you truly believe is what you do you know another quick example is I had a really good friend he has six kids um he's Catholic mm-hmm. so he, he <laughs> talked about that yep. and uh he has six kids and he he approached me one day and he said joel i'm I'm really struggling so i'm i barely making enough money to make ends meet. and I said, well you, but you're making enough money to make ends meet. And he goes, well, yeah. I said, okay, so so you're making what you have to have. You believe you have to have that, so you're making it. So why don't we adjust what you believe you have to have? And so we went through that process of all that. I said, instead of living paycheck to paycheck, let's look at it differently. And again, just with those simple steps of the mindset, of course, there's some action that has to match the mindset change. We have to clean up our work schedule, be more efficient in how we're doing things, find out what works, but apply more pressure. And he was able to start putting back, and he, he said, I, I was able to put back an extra couple thousand dollars this month, and and then it, that increased, and that increased, and he realized his his own self-induced limitations were what were slowing him down. He was in a position, he could do whatever, but he had to believe that, and so the there's a term called thought vibration or energy vibration when you believe a certain thing has to happen or there's no other option, the universe will match you or God will match you, whatever your belief system is, you will be in that zone. I have a, a strong belief that if you were to take every penny in the United States and you put it in a big pool and divide it totally equally between everyone in the country, in three years, the people who are wealthy now will be wealthy again and the people who are in poverty will be in poverty again. Because I don't believe wealth or poverty are actual Possession events. I believe they're mindset events. And you really get into that. That I'm the perfect example of where my mind took me. And when I started to believe differently, then I realized the limits that I have been living through are self-imposed. I mean, at one point I mentioned I was scared that I wasn't going to be able to make a living uh, as a convicted felon and all these other limitations that I impose. I make a, a very comfortable living. I have a great lifestyle. I'm a single male who adopted a child as a convicted mm. That's not a limitation. That's a strength.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So just as you say that once you believe it, you can invite it into your life.
1: Absolutely. That is the concept of the big term we're speaking of the law of attraction. It's what we attract, what we believe. And, and we invite these into our life. It's science in my mind. It works. I've never seen it fail when people apply it properly.
0: Mm, Absolutely. One other point I want to talk to you before we let everybody know about your book, where to find it, how to follow you, is you always say to look for opportunities that appear to be problems is a really great place to start.
1: I think that is one of the great tools. I I use the phrase in various terms often, but I, I will say incredible opportunities appear to us daily. Unfortunately, they're often disguised as problems or trouble or traumas, and you never know when those opportunities are going to be there. So when your eyes are open and you're looking at opportunities, I have worked with countless people who have lost their careers and have ended up moving on to something far more lucrative than they were before – all they had to do was change that loss of, I lost my job. That, and, and losing your job is very traumatic. I, I understand that. But when you get past that trauma piece, there's a brand new option available. I've seen an accountant one time in Charlotte that lost his job, and he was devastated. He, he worked for Bank of America when the crisis in th- 2008 he randomly, through a bizarre chain of events, started garbage collection just to, for the local neighborhood to help in charge of people a little bit. He sold his garbage company after you built it up over five years to waste management for $5 million. Oh, wow! That started because he lost his job. And when you talk to him now, what is the greatest thing that happened to you? He said, losing my job from Bank of America.
0: See, wow. So as you say, you must take action. And being lazy simply yields the deserved results, correct? Exactly,
1: the the path of least (laughs) resistance always brings the least results.
0: I love it. Joel, tell everybody where to find your book and how they can continue to follow you and your message.
1: Thank you for the opportunity. My book is called The Bench, and it's by Joel Elston. It's available on Amazon. You can get it in uh any form that you can get it paperless or, or you can get the hard copy or or the soft cover. Uh it's available that way. joelelston.com dot com is my website i'm on facebook under joel elston email if somebody wants to email directly is joel at gmail.com i'm also on instagram so i'm easily accessible often um when you start in joel on google it, it wants to give you joel osteen <laughs> yeah it, it, it's close it's close hey, but, that's uh, a good yeah. that's
0: a good one <laughs> yeah
1: I do consulting. I do life coaching. I've worked with professional athletes, uh, just all types of people. I'm currently working on three different books as well, finishing those up. So, and and I do public speaking. So I have a lot. I have a life that I, I love. I love sharing my, my mission and my journey, and, and I love seeing people thriving with that mission. So it's a, again, it's such a great opportunity to speak with you. I really appreciate it.
0: You are so welcome. You are on the move, and I know that so many people appreciate the work that you do. And I know it's not always easy, but just want to express my gratitude to you for all that you're doing. You are an influencer. You're making a difference, and it's such an honor to know you.
1: You as well. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. Thanks, Joel. You know, it just never gets old talking to Joel Elston and I'm sure, I'm positive, you were able to use some of his tips, strategies, and suggestions for immediate tactical implementation. If you think the time is now to make a shift in your own life or in your business, I do invite you to consider checking out coaching today. Check me out at www.kristensmithworldwide. And if you think that you are absolutely ready to embark upon a new journey, let's have a conversation. Until then, be unstoppable.